2: Trips left. That's into the open side of the field. Got a new running back in the game. They throw it short. And it's intercepted inside the 25. That's going to be a touchdown. Arkansas picks it off. That is Antonio Greer, transfer from South Florida. First action of the season into the end zone. Hogs are on the board. Third down, goal to go. Just outside the five. In the gun. K.J. bad snap. Balls on the ground. Jefferson picks it up. Rolling right. Got a man. Touchdown Arkansas. Armstrong in the back of the end zone. The snap hit the turf. K.J. never panicked. Picked it up. Rolled right. And the throw was right on the money. And they're going to load the backfield up again. Got Johnson, Augusta, Dominion in there. It's like the old high school wing (laughs) tee. Second down and goal to go just outside the one-yard line. K.J. gets the snap, gives it to DeBinion right side. Touchdown, Arkansas. DeBinion into the end zone. Pistol formation. Two tight ends. Greens the tailback. Jefferson fakes, rolls left, looks into the end zone. Got a man open there on the sideline. Complete touchdown, Arkansas. Andrew Armstrong, nine yards and a score. Play clocks down to two. They're going to run the football with Dominique left side. He'll bruise his way down inside the 35 to the 34 yard line. And with 20 seconds to play in the game, that's going to be it. Sam Pittman off the sideline, beginning to make his way to
3: midfield. Arkansas two and zero, and that's what you take away from this one. We're just not knocking them off the football right now, and we're not blocking particularly well on the edge. We're just not blocking particularly well. Period. And, uh, and you know, A.J. got in a little bit of a groove there at the end and R-Dub, but we're just not a real physical football team. I thought we got a little bit better in the second half, but we've got to continue to uh, maybe we have too many runs in going at the game. We've got to figure that out. All right, there you go.
4: Welcome in on a fantastic Monday. We are live at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Today we're at the Marriott. I joked with David Basil last week, it's like Carmen San Diego. you got to find us. Well, today the Marriott is the location. A sold-out crowd will be on hand for Tony Dorsett, Cowboys legend, Heisman Trophy winner. And we will talk to him about some of the positive things going on in his world and through his career. And we'll also talk about some of the things going on with the Razorbacks. And you heard Sam Pittman there lamenting the concerns about the... Arkansas offensive line and the push up front or lack thereof and we're going to delve into that I'm sure at length today. We'll talk some NFL opening weekends in the books and some dominating performance, some nail-biting victories, a little bit of everything and some shocking individual performances too, both good and bad. So anyway, plenty to get to from over the weekend. hope everybody's doing well. We're happy to have you and we've got a busy, busy show so uh, buckle in because we're about to have a wild ride. Hmm. Yep. All right, so uh, I don't want to start negative, but Arkansas won the game. That's good. Arkansas beats uh, a um, lesser than in Kent State. And they won comfortably, 28-6. to uh, It was 14-6 to going into the halftime break. Arkansas shuts them out in the final two quarters. Defense
5: through two games, you got to give them a what? High grade? B. I was a little disappointed first half defense. They let Kent State control the ball, control the clock, couldn't get off the field. That's why... I'm you know, Arkansas's offense was not very good, but they didn't get many opportunities either because Kent State controlled the ball and controlled the clock in the first half. Uh, second half, Arkansas did a much better job of getting off the field and getting the offense back on the field. Arkansas owned the second half time of possession, but first half it was Kent, Kent State was just running the ball, running the ball. They get first down, they throw a little pass, and it just stayed on the on the field. You know, Arkansas held them to two field goals. That's the good news, but still, you got you can't let Kent State control the clock like that. Well, they end up running for less than a
4: yard per carry. Well, and first
5: half, they didn't do anything in the second half. Yeah, 26
4: yards total on the ground. Yeah. I, I'm going to give the defense an A through two weeks. I've been very impressed with it. They're forcing turnovers, uh, opportunistic, and, and, again, you're dominating two offenses that are trying to find their way. Um, I was impressed, though. I mean, Western Carolina, I did expect some good things from, and Arkansas dominated them. So, And I think Western Carolina made that win look a little bit better last weekend. They won over the weekend pretty convincingly, from what I understand. So, I think they beat, uh, let me think here. It was, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. It's the team in Birmingham. It is... Um, UAB? No. Okay. The other Birmingham team. Uh, Sanford. Ah, yeah,
5: Sanford. But You're they right.
4: won convincingly. So, anyway, bottom line is, uh, I'm happy with the defense. So, offensive line's going to be in focus again. And, look, jockstrap to me, I picked Arkansas to win the game, going away. I thought 28-6 might be a halftime score, and they'd win it, yeah. you know, 56-10 to or something like yeah. that. And... They ended up scoring 28 total points in the game. And, you know, the passing game was a struggle at times, too. And they couldn't get guys running loose. And I don't know. I just, there's some concerning things here, obviously, through two weeks.
5: They had a bad game offensively. You know, KJ didn't play uh, well. Uh, He was, his accuracy accuracy was an issue. And then he had receivers drop balls. Uh, So that's a bad combination. Then he had an offensive line, couldn't get a push. And then when they did open a hole, the running backs, it was like they didn't trust that the hole was going to be there. And look, I get it. You know, they haven't had a lot of holes in the first two games. And then when they finally created a hole, the running back missed it. Yeah. And so all of that just kind of amplifies, you know, magnifies everything. And it was just a, a little bit of everything, to be honestly, offensively. And they just weren't crisp. Typical, though, I mean, KJ ends up, and you're like, oh, he didn't have a great game. Well,
4: he's 68%. He threw two touchdowns and no picks. They only threw the ball 19 times. So, I mean, you can't, you can't ask for much better from a percentage standpoint. And they didn't give him any throws. And I remember talk, hearing from Sam Pippen, he told the sideline reporter going into the halftime break that he felt like they were throwing it too much and they needed to get back to the run. Well, they did 47 times or whatever. They ended up running it for the game. And. Just not a lot of room to run. They um, 3.8 yards to carry. You're two weeks in and you haven't gotten a good push or really any significant runs. You're not breaking anything either. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. If you are got, got a loaded box, fine. You should occasionally pop one. It's just not happening. And, I mean, honestly, it kind of disappointed me that they had to use KJ in the run game as much as they did to get the ball moving. So, Christian, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, he keeps talking about establishing the run and stuff like that. It's like you're trying to. They're just not doing it. You're not yeah, I mean, running the ball
5: well. I thought they were very predictable... Uh, running the ball on first down. It was over and over and over again, and it's surprising that Coach said that he thought that they were throwing it too much. I, I think this may be a team, and I, they, I know Coach Pittman doesn't want this to be that type of team, but this may be a team that has to throw the ball to set up the run, you know, loosen up that defense and then run the, the ball because right now, when they want to run it, they can't
4: run it. Well, I'm a hell of a lot more concerned after two weeks going into the BYU game than I thought I would be. I will say that. And I know BYU has probably got something to prove. The line is 10 from what I saw. Um, and they'll be physical. I mean, I assume yeah. Arkansas you know, kind of had their way with them last year, but I don't know. I assume they'll come out and give a physical effort.
5: you got to think BYU is a little bigger than Western Carolina and Kent State, right? They, they I they got so. a bunch of those 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds playing football. You know, they've been on their mission. 24, and, yeah, 25, 26. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's, it's not going to get any easier. But the thing that I like, what Coach Pittman said, I've been coaching the offensive line for 30 years. I'm going to get this fixed, and we're going to be a good running team. And I do believe that. Here's uh, Sam Sam also talked a little more about the line.
4: So, again, that's what the focus is going to be. I gave you a pass on week one, working out some kinks, passing in was super effective. Obviously, Western Carolina was trying to take away the run. We're two weeks in now against lesser opponents. And so when you're getting into... BYU-LSU combo meal, like, yeah, I'm starting to get a little nervous here. So, you know, this is a big week for them, again, and I was so disappointed because, again, I was so confident. You know, again, UCF's a good football team. They obviously escaped Boise this weekend, but they ran for almost 400 yards, and Arkansas struggled to do much of anything. Anyway, here's more uh, from Coach Pittman on the front.
3: Guys, we're not the only team in the world that's played 5-0 linemen. I mean, somebody's playing 6-7. I'm trying to figure out who our best linemen are, and if I feel like they've earned opportunities to play, what's the difference in an old lineman and a freaking D-lineman? We played nine of them guys. I mean, if I feel like they're good enough to help us win, it'll help us in the long run. I understand that we're supposed to play five guys. We do, but I, that ain't why we're not running the ball, guys.
4: I don't know what the question was. I guess somebody asked him about... They keep
6: asking them about um, rotating offensive line. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. over and over again.
4: I I don't think that's awkward or odd at all. But the problem is, regardless of the combination, you're not getting a push. That's what's concerning. Um, K.J. Jefferson also, again, we just talked about it. I mean, I didn't want to see him run as much this year. I sure as heck didn't want to see him have to run to move the ball against a team like Kent State. Here was KJ when he was asked whether or not he was surprised by how much they asked him to carry it this weekend.
7: I mean, I'm willing to do anything for my team as long as we uh, get the victory and put my teammates in the best position to win. So I'm willing to do anything. I mean, so once Coach Eno's called to play and I mean, it was up to me to just execute. I put my trust in those guys to block Andrew, the lineman, the running back, those guys to block, and I just executed. So I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah.
4: I don't want KJ carrying the ball 13
5: times against Kent State coach said on the pregame show, Coach Pittman, that KJ was going to run the ball more against Kent State. He said We're, he's going to run the ball more today. And I was like what? I, I was driving up to Conway for the UCA game and I almost had to pull over. And I was like what? Why Why does he run the ball against Kent State? And coach said he's going to run the ball this year. He needs to get the reps. He needs to get the practice in. He needs to get that game time feel. So he needs that practice. So I was very surprised when Coach said that K.J. needed to run the ball against Kent State and prepare for the SEC teams that were coming up. So. Well, I don't want to question
4: Sam Pittman, and I do believe in coach, and I'm certainly rooting for him, but I don't understand what happened this weekend. I don't I don't really get it. We're going to talk to Clint Stern at the bottom of the hour. We'll delve into that. Um, nationally, guys, I mean, there weren't a ton of shockers, but... Uh, the way that Texas handled Alabama on the road, that was certainly a significant victory for a program that's trying to get back to national relevancy, which they have done. Now they're in the top five, top four, and uh, you know maybe this says a little more about Alabama. You know, yeah. we thought maybe the quarterback situation was going to be they're going to feel it out, and obviously they're not settled there. I mean, Milrow was not impressive, and the thing about it is, you know, it's interesting. I was reading something from, uh, I was reading something this weekend from Barrett Salee, who was basically saying. He took a gamble on the portal and didn't get what he needed. He thought he'd just get a superstar to fall on his lap, and it didn't happen. And now he's stuck between you know a guy who's not great, another guy who's not great, mm-hmm. and you're got to live with it this year.
5: And they're going to get exposed on teams that have a defense that can stop the run. You know, and I think that was the plan with at least with Milrow. This guy's fast. He's a good quarterback. Not you know he's a athletic quarterback. May not be the most accurate quarterback, or he's not. And I think they were thinking maybe we go back to old school Alabama where we run the ball, we play great defense. Well, they didn't run the ball, and they didn't play great defense. And that was, to me, was the eye-opening thing. How many points did they give up? Alabama and Texas? Yeah. Uh, 34-24 was the final. They gave up 34 points at home.
4: Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah, it is. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. Other things this weekend, I mean, Florida State, I thought they'd have a little bit of a letdown. Obviously, mismatch with Southern Miss, but the Eagles had won their first game. 66-13, so no letdown there. Southern Miss isn't bad. Yeah, well, they, that's a they dominant. they a nice little team. That's a dominant victory. USC also, again, against Stanford. Not a good team right now, mm. but they dominated defensively. 56-10 the final there. I watched that late-night game, and uh, USC is fun to
5: watch offensively. Notre Dame looks
4: like a legitimate player in the mix. 45 to. 24 was the final at NC State. Some weather delays there. Mm-hmm. They maintained their focus. There were some good games late. Oregon pulled out a, a victory on the road at Texas Tech, and they scored. I think they had a pick six at the end of the game to cover the number, which is crazy. Um, Kansas State looks dominant. Kansas State's playing... At Missouri this weekend, I believe. That'll be an interesting game. The line's only four and a half. That's a leading contender for lock of the week in my book. I love Kansas State to go over there and smack Missouri. Yeah. Missouri escaped this weekend.
5: Yeah, Missouri didn't look very good this weekend. They didn't
4: look very good the last weekend. No. Missouri escapes Middle Tennessee 23-19 the final. This is a Middle Tennessee team that lost to Alabama the week before
5: 56-7. to Yeah. And I hate to compare scores, but if this is the time of year we have to. That's all we have, but you look across college football, there's a lot of that. and it, Arkansas is not the only team that looks good one week, struggles the next week. and um, I think that's college football right now. Early in the season, I'm trying to be optimistic, but it, it was very frustrating to watch that first half for Arkansas. Yeah,
4: no, it's disappointing. And thank God for Greer getting the pick six. It yeah. was his first action.
5: Yeah, first play. It's crazy. <laughs> And
4: I guess hey, good all came back in and dominated second half. Second half he looked really had good, five tackles or something. So I'm
5: excited Nudie? about the
4: defense. The defense is ahead of where I thought they'd be, or better than I thought they'd be at this point. I've been pleased with what I've seen, and obviously Nudie's dealing with a, a toe, and they had to you know mix and match there. I still liked what they're doing defensively, and we'll see against better passing teams. But offensively, it's been a
5: disappointment. You think all SEC corner played one play, yeah. played the first play, and then they took him out, and replaced him with the transfer from TCU. Uh, he played pretty good. He gave up one long pass down the, the sideline there late in the game, but um, maybe I was a little hard on the defense, giving him a B. But I, I didn't like what I saw in the first half with the ball control. Kent State had and Arkansas couldn't get off the field.
4: Sure, passing game too. I mean, that's where they really kind of yeah. made their hay. But
5: Kent State
6: Georgia, went up Michigan. Oh, I was. Go ahead. Kent State went up and down the field the entire first half. They just couldn't finish off the drives. Mm. Yeah. Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas here. One, two, three,
4: four. USC just outside. At number five, and I can make an argument for them too. How
5: about that? That's five teams from five different conferences.
4: Well, the Pac-12, to me, that's the story so far this year. USC is at five. Washington's eight. You know, so they've been had so much controversy. You got Utah at twelve. Oregon. Oregon at thirteen. Oregon State at sixteen, and Washington State is at twenty-three. Where's where's is that Colorado? victory? And Colorado, yeah, I took, completely skipped over them. I forgot about them, Christian. They are up to eighteen. Mm. So I mean, hey, Pac-12 on their way out, going out with a
5: bang, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a pretty good conference. Now, uh, you think uh, the commissioner should be able to get a TV deal for those teams? You would think so. Hmm. Yeah, what a mismanagement. That's, and
4: again, it's going to change the. Uh, the uh, landscape of college football forever and it probably should have never happened it's really kind of sad Um, Okay, NFL quickly obviously the storyline for the weekend in college football was Colorado does it again Alabama gets smacked at home against Texas and and in the NFL I don't think there's any doubt the Cowboys the punctuation I mean the the exclamation point rather out out of New York and it shut them out and pound them the way they did by the way their defense ruined me and uh, two things happened in fantasy Dallas scored over 30 points in fantasy against me and Joe Burrow got like one point. Joe Burrow was horrible yesterday. Their offense was awful yesterday. I also had Joe Mixon. He didn't help me out at all. So the two Joes really screwed me. But anyway,
5: uh, congrats to the Cowboys. That was impressive. Yeah, I I felt like the Cowboys this year could take a step up on, on the on the defense. But a. They went out and got a cornerback uh, on the other side of Diggs, and they've got two very good corners. That allows the defense to do a lot of different things. They bring the heat. They uh, bring pressure. The deep, And then sometimes their defensive line is just so good, they're putting getting pressure on the quarterback with just four guys sitting back in the zone or going man-to-man, mixing up the coverages. It is a fun defense to watch right now. Uh, one of the issues for Dallas has been stopping the run. They did a good job last night of doing that and stopping Barkley. Uh, so yeah, the Cowboys defense lived up to all the hype for me. I, I thought they were going to be. I went out and drafted the Cowboys defense. You know, a lot of times you just take a defense late in the uh, on your fantasy draft. I wanted the Cowboys defense because so I thought it was going to be really good, and it it won me this week because they scored over thirty points. Yeah, so, crazy. Uh, and then offensively. You know, got off to a little bit of a slow start and had to kick some field goals, but then the the offense picked it up and looked. Uh, I thought Dak looked good, the receivers looked good. It's going to be a fun team. They're going to be a, they're going to be a good team.
4: So uh, we're going to talk to Cowboys legend Tony Dorsett today here at the Little Rock Touchdown Club in the eleven o'clock hour. So stick around for that. Again, thanks to Arkansas Urology. Um, other big games from the weekend. It may not happen very often this year, but my team, your team, and Christian's team all won this weekend. Commanders, of course, had the Cardinals. Had to squeak that one out come back in the fourth quarter and get it done. Saints had a nip and tuck game all day with the Titans defense that played well. Uh, you and I agree. Tannehill is regressing, and it is time to probably find something. I don't know if the kid they drafted a couple seasons ago is ready yet, but he's, dude, he's not, not going to win anything with no, well, neither is Tannehill at this point, Christian. None of them are. He is, <laughs> That's uh, the thing. yeah. And it stinks because they got a couple of really good receivers, cool.
5: and they got still, Derek Henry still looks good. Tennessee could have easily won that game if Tannehill throws an easy pass. He had two guys twice in the fourth quarter, guys wide open. One on what was a little bit of a trick play, and then another time they 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 ran. Out. I think it was a wheel route. It's an it's an easy throw. An NFL quarterback has to complete that. He missed both. And it wasn't even really close on either one of those throws. And uh, Tennessee's got a good team. Their defense is good. They got received. Hopkins. And the way he would force some throws to Hopkins. Tannehill was picked off three times and really should have been picked off about six times. Yeah.
4: I... um I picked four quarterbacks accidentally in my in my draft, and all three of them would have been a better choice. Carr played pretty well, yep. but I thought Carr could have had a monster game. He had a good game. He could have had a monster game yesterday. He missed some. There were guys running loose all day, and he missed a few of them, frankly. I just think that offense is going to get better and better. I'm really excited about where the Saints are, and they were already picked to win their division. And then um, Hey, when Kamara Lawrence gets back? Yep, ooh. they're going to be good. Justin, uh, uh, not Justin, um, Trevor. Trevor Lawrence, thank you. Uh, he played really well. Yep. They're uh, he you know they dominated. There were some some impressive performance yesterday. I will say this: I watched the Bears game yesterday, Packers Bears. It was a national game. Thirty eight twenty the final. Green Bay wins. Love looked very composed. I thought he was very very uh, poised. I thought he played well. Um, run game was good. You know you got some very good running backs there. They get the good one two punch. But the biggest thing to me is the offensive play calling for Chicago. I'm not even going to put it on Fields. Like they ran so many plays to the flat, and whether it was bubble screens or just not let him throw the ball down the field. You're not going to win like that against average defenses, let alone dominant defenses. I, I, I was very disappointed in the play calling for Chicago. They, to me, they're not giving them a chance to win.
5: I uh, I flipped off that game. It was just kind of ugly. It was awful.
4: Yeah. Their offense is terrible to watch because they're not letting fields throw the ball. And I don't know if he's capable, but you got to at least give him a crack to throw the ball down the field. You can't throw the ball two yards down the field out in the flat every time and try to try to win a ball game. I uh, watched a lot of the
5: Eagles and the uh, Patriots game. Yeah. And uh, Hunter Henry. Yep. Had a great game. We got a highlight from Hunter Henry and a little reaction. He was
4: great. Unfortunately, they weren't quite good enough as they came up short against Philadelphia, which I know would have helped you out. Yeah. Uh, Here's our highlights from Mr. Henry, and then we'll take our break.
2: This is one big area of improvement needed. Second and goal. Ms. Jones goes to the end zone, and it is caught for the touchdown. Hunter Henry and the Patriots are on the board. Watch this route right here. Go ahead and run that for a second. He's going to go up and run out. And you're going to go ahead and grab him. Nope. He then breaks it up, and what a perfectly thrown ball. High
8: point.
9: Can you talk about the one-handed catch you made?
8: Um, man, just... <laughs> it's a play that... We, we've run a lot. Me and Mac have had a lot of repetition at that.
5: And uh, it was a moment that we needed a big play, and I was able to execute that in a, in a good way. So, I mean, Mac threw a good ball, and um, I got hung up a little bit by the linebacker coming over. So that kind of slowed me out of the break. So he he thought I was coming out a little bit faster, um, but was able to make a big play in a big moment. Yay, Hunter. What was your biggest surprise? There were three playoff teams, at least three, that lost, surprisingly. Yeah. Minnesota. Has to be the Bengals, home. right? Bengals. Looking Bengals that the way bad. they played. Yeah. And the Seahawks to the Rams without Cooper Cup. Yeah. I thought that would have been a layup game. Yeah. I'll give you that.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Cincinnati screwed me the worst, so I'm the most disappointed them. Again, I'm not shocked that they lost a divisional game on the road in the opener, and Burrow was not 100% healthy and didn't play in the preseason so I didn't expect them to be necessarily sharp but the fact that they couldn't muster anything offensively was crazy to me you still have two of the most dynamic receivers in the league and Joe Mixon's a very good running yeah. back and you got burrow who's experienced you got three great receivers at Cincinnati and
5: uh Higgins didn't catch a pass
4: yeah it was it was ugly um let me see the ease with the 49ers on the road winning was, 49ers are good yeah they're nasty <laughs> I'll tell you what how about how about um
5: Brock Purdy just picking up where he left off to come back. You would have never know he got injured, right? No. No, their defense is nasty. Their offense is loaded. I, I mean, uh, to meet the NFC, you got the Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, Lions. Yep, maybe the Lions. Looks like they got a heads up. And they, well, they do right now in the north. That's the team to beat. Then your Saints in the south. Even though Tampa Bay won, which was a little bit of a surprise, I, yeah. I don't know what to read into that one. That one caught me off guard. For Tampa Bay to go to Minnesota and win, that was surprising. I'm with you. Baker Mayfield played okay.
4: I didn't see any of it. Uh, Bryce Young got his first touchdown as a pro. He also got his first two interceptions. Congratulations. Falcons beat the Panthers 24-10. Oh, man. All right, got to hit a bright 10-29. Clint Sterner coming up in a sec.
6: Your home for Dallas Cowboys football is 103.7 The Buzz. Presented by Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. America's team on your fun and game station, 103.7 The Buzz.
0: This is SportsCenter.
6: In week one of the NFL, there were a few surprising results. The Browns beat the Bengals 24-3. Joe Burrow was just 14 of 31 for 82 yards as the Bengals managed to get only 142 total yards of offense. Then on Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys dominated the Giants 40-0. New York shot themselves in the foot repeatedly, committing three turnovers. It was the Cowboys' biggest shutout victory in any game, topping their 38-0 win over the Baltimore Colts in 1978. Tonight in the NFL, it'll be an AFC showdown on Monday Night Football as the Jets host the Bills for Aaron Rodgers' debut. Kickoff is set for seven fifteen. The game will be joined in progress on The Buzz at 8 o'clock. I'm Christian Weaver with The Buzz Radio Network.
10: We're back here with Wild
2: Bill at Motorsports Authority. Lots of folks talking football, but we are talking great deals, Wild Bill. All of our customers are a winner right here at Motorsports Authority, folks. We're passing out the lowest prices possible for any vehicle that we got. We're passing out top dollars for the trades. We'll trade for just about anything as long as you don't have to feed it. And I'll tell you what, folks, we're having a great time right here at Motorsports Authority. In Russellville on East Main and Hot Springs on Central or online at
10: msastore.com. Get here to Motorsports Authority. Go Hogs!
9: 70
10: Trey Schaap and Chris Shin up with you. Chris, we had a great kickoff to men's health at the Little Rock location. It's now time to head to Jefferson County.
9: Yeah, Trey, we're excited to be heading to Jefferson County, specifically Whitehall, on uh, Tuesday, September 12th. Men aged 40 and over, it's time for them to get screened, is it not? That's right. And like our CEO, Scott Davis, says, you come in for a free screen and you might win a 65-inch flat screen TV.
10: Get it done, guys. Call 501-263-0926 for more information. Jefferson County, the kickoff to men's health event is coming your way.
9: From sales, service, parts, and rental equipment, River Valley Tractor does it all and does it right. Your leading Kubota dealer is right around the corner with five locations throughout Central Arkansas. River Valley Tractor, serving Central Arkansas in Bryant, Sherwood, Conway, Russellville, and Pine Bluff. Work smarter this year, not harder, with River Valley Tractor. Online at rivervalleytractor.com. River Valley Tractor, closer than you think.
0: You're in the zone with Justin Acre and Wes Moore coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. If you want to be a part of the show, hit the guys on Twitter at Justin 7 at Wes underscore Moore, or at C 1037. Call 661 1037 or email thezone at 1037thebuzz.com. Thank you,
10: higher than herbalist climbing treetops. This is not rap money. This is more like bebop. Classic Freddy Hubbard. These words are uttered like... Sterner, play action.
2: Looking, punch. Throws down the middle. Touchdown, Arkansas! Oh,
0: my! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Sterner throws, punks. And annual he Touchdown, Arkansas! With two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Sterner, very confident. Throwing down the middle. Clint Sterner, is putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at msastore.com. Play fake. Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. To a oh.
8: wide open Receiver, it's Cobb towards the end zone. Touchdown! Alright, welcome back
4: to the Little Rock Touchdown Club and let's bring in Mr. Sterner here on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Clint, welcome. How are you? Good Monday.
8: Fellas, I'm doing good. How y'all doing?
4: We're good. We're about to in about an hour, or a little less than that. Talk to Tony Dorsett, Cowboys legend. You ever run across him in the hallways in Dallas back in the day?
8: I did not. I did not. He wasn't around much. Um, I mean, obviously, I've seen him at events and stuff of that nature, but but didn't wasn't around the uh, the, the locker room much. So no, no, I had. But that's a that's a heck of a heck of a uh, speaker, man. Basil Basil's absolutely killing it, isn't
4: he? He is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a tough act to follow with Peyton Manning, but. Wes and I are both lifelong fans of uh, Tony, so I think it's going to be a thrill for us and looking forward to visiting with him. But, uh, look, Clint, um, you know, listen, Arkansas wins again against Kent State, but it was not a dominant performance that people were hoping to see, I think, after watching the way they got run roughshod over by Central Florida. Are you concerned about the run game, or you think these are things that are easily fixable?
0: No,
8: I'm concerned about the run game. Um, I'm concerned about the offensive line. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about the the uh, Dan Enos and KJ Jefferson combination um, so yeah I mean I, I think there's there's plenty of, of reason uh, to be concerned now I, I'm not a I don't like the approach guys of well our game plan was not to run KJ well our, our game plan was this or that like I, I just I don't think Arkansas is a team that's good enough Um it, really, I don't like it for any team if I'm being completely honest. But I, Arkansas is not a team that's good enough to go out and essentially say we're going to put our identity on the shelf. We're just we're we're not going to be the power downhill run run team with that includes our 250 pound running back. I mean, a quarterback. I'm, I'm gonna put that on the shelf this week because we don't we want to keep him healthy. In theory, I understand why you would, but I, I just don't believe that you're good enough. To, and, and the first two games will, will, will justify that, that belief. I just don't think you're good enough to just kind of keep your identity on the shelf until you and, until it's an SEC game, if you will. Clearly in the second half, they said, hey, we, we've got to be better. We, we've got to establish the run. We've got to use KJ Championship. And we saw some of that good at that point in time. But to me, you wasted really a game and a half of two games this season um, with something on the shelf that ultimately you've got you've to bring that to the forefront every single game from start to finish. And so, yeah, I, I'm a little concerned there, uh, Justin, no doubt.
5: you think Arkansas may be a team that needs to throw the ball to set up the run?
8: No. Arkansas can't throw the ball to set up the run. I mean, they're not... K.J.'s not that guy. I mean, it's, as long as K.J. Jefferson is the quarterback of the University of Arkansas, they they are going to have to play bully ball up front and run the football with K.J. Jefferson. There's K.J. Jefferson has to be a threat first and foremost with his legs. And then you turn and, and you've got guys in, in, in the receiver room that are bigger-bodied guys that can win one-on-one battles with all the test watch kids. I mean, he's, he's really looked good over a couple of games now going and making plays. But I just don't believe that Arkansas is uh, again a team that could go in there for a quarter or for three, you know, three possessions. Can go in there, put KJ gun and try to try to you know distribute the ball, the, the ball around the, the park to open up the run to get a team to drop into you know a seven or eight man zone coverage and then run the football. That's just not that's not who KJ is. I don't believe this receiving core at this point in time is good enough to do that to take that approach. Um, that they're gonna have to they're gonna get to get this thing going down. The good thing is, guys, is we've seen them do it against everybody but Georgia. I mean, they they went in they went in to Alabama a couple years ago and and just played bully ball with Alabama. Now I know they don't have those same guys, but ultimately that has to be the pro to KJ as your quarterback.
5: What do you like out of the defense?
8: Well, I didn't like the fact that they couldn't get off the field, Wes. I, I didn't like the fact that they couldn't get off the field in the first half. I mean, when a, when a team like Kent State can, can, I mean, just, I mean, I kept the ball over 20 minutes. At one point, they had an 18 minute of, of like 24 or something, something like that. They kept it longer than 20 minutes in the first half. Not being able to get off the field against Kent State again is, is a, is a little bit concerning. Um, so I, the, the defense overall, I think the jury's still out for me. I I do like their ability up front to, to uh, I think they're a little stronger I guess up front in the D line area. Um, I, I like the young quarterbacking, the young the young linebackers, um, and what we've seen from well, no, not all no, young. But I said a new linebacker, um, but I, for me, the jury's still out. Is I, I don't I can't really get a good gauge on how they're going to fare. Against um, you know the better talent in the SEC, yet yeah, the jury's still out on the defense for me, West.
4: Clint Stern joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage hotline, brought to you by MSA Store Motorsports Authority. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously having to run the football with with KJ, I think, was concerning. But apparently, that was their plan going in. West said he heard Coach Stock in the pregame that that was going to be their plan, just to get him some reps, which. Again, I think it's unfortunate. What, what do you think about the matchup? We'll talk more about it on Friday. But again, this is going to be the most physical team I assume that they played so far. Coming up this Saturday, I mean, you think they can live with the way they've been doing things offensively and still get over on a BYU team that I'm guessing will be their most physical opponent to date?
8: No, I I, I don't. I, I mean, I think that they're going to have to they're going to have to change, um, you know what they're what they're doing. And here's the other thing is that when I say change, like I can't. it seems everything's getting bounced outside. Right, and, and once you get these running back, and even if Rocket's in there, once you get these running backs going sideline to sideline, they're in trouble. I mean, we're, we're just we're just not getting any push in the middle, and and it, it, the ripple effect is is obviously then the running backs keep going side to side, and you have a problem. So I don't know if it's by design in terms of, of they're running the football out wide. I know they're calling stuff that that appears to be wider outside the tackle type stuff. Um, but but to me, it, again, it's it's getting in the heavier set, and it's it's getting in between the tackles downhill, with with ultimately Rocket and and, um, and KJ. I, I think I think they've got to – if they can't get pushed, you can't change that. If they can't get pushed up front, then it's clearly an offensive line problem, and, and there's no there's nothing Danny knows can do. There's nothing Sam Pittman can do at this point. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully it's, there, there is a scheme change that they can, that, that they'll, uh, maybe they'll show it against BYU in the first quarter mm-hmm. and get, get them running downhill a little bit more. But that's, I think I think that's got to change. I mean, KJ, there was a clear difference between the first half and the second half. Whatever their thought, their thought process was in the second half, they've got to come out in the first half with that in terms of using KJ.
4: Yeah. How, how much do you think is physical and and how much do you think is scheme? Because all you know, we talked about in the the off season was new strength and conditioning coach, and the, you know, and I, there were a lot of there was a lot of insinuation the last guy wouldn't get the job done, right? So how much do you think is scheme and how much is personnel? Or are there or are the personnel being prepared properly?
8: Well, I, look, I mean, here's the deal: is is there's clearly some scheme things going on with Danny with the change from from what you know Kendall was doing to what Danny knows is doing. Danny knows. I think it's safe to say Danny knows his offense is significantly more difficult. Um, and I don't mean that as in like, oh, hell, what are we going to do? It's just there's a lot more thinking involved, um, particularly when you talk about the pass game. And so you wonder how much time is being spent on that stuff, how much time is being spent on what – and you and know, I have talked about it, Justin, but we've got to develop KJ. And, and boy, him getting through progressions and him sitting in the pocket and delivering the football. You know, spending a lot of time trying to get that done instead of, you know, what they did in the past, which was a, a run-heavy scheme with with K.J. involved in it. I mean, maybe it's some of that. Maybe two games in, now Dan Enos is going to settle in. They're definitely going to take some time for Dan Enos to figure out what the heck he can and can't do with K.J. I just hope that what we've watched the first two games, guys, is, is, well, okay, now we know what we can't do and what we've really got to lean into. So I think some of it, I think a lot of it's team. Um, I think a lot of it's approach. Uh, and hopefully Dan will find a sweet spot and that'll change.
5: Clint, over on the Southern Structural Solutions hotline, text line, someone's asking, is this uh, offense, has it just been vanilla? Maybe they're not showing much? Are you seeing any of that?
8: Well, I mean, Wes, it sounds like from what you guys are being told from the coaching staff and what we heard it- first game it sure sounds like there's there's whether it's in a uh, you know an attempt to try to keep kj healthy or it's an attempt to not show a whole lot or it's just the 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 confidence that you can go out there and and handle a western carolina a kit state without showing anything um whatever it is i don't like it I'm, i'm not a i'm not a big fan of it um like i said i i think your identity everything offensively for this team guys is is starts and stops at the ability to run the game. I mean, run the football. They're just, I mean, to, to do anything else and to come out with any other plan or any other um, approach to offensive football, I think is a mistake. And um, I think that's shown to be true the first two weeks.
5: You were right on Texas. You nailed it. You're wrong on A&M. What did you see on uh, Miami A&M?
8: Well, I about the surprising thing—the surprising thing about A and M, the surprising thing about A and M guys to me was the defense. I, you know, I, I think I think they've got—they've just got the dudes to line up. Especially the defensive side of football, they got the dudes to line up with anybody in the country. And man, they just—that was a hell of a football game. They just couldn't get a stop. You know, down the stretch in a critical moment to get the ball back to uh, their offense and 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 take the lead or or you know keep pace with. With Miami, that, that, that thing came down to the defense just not being able to get stopped. And you're right. I was dead wrong with them Cowboys too, Wes.
5: Oh, that was coming. I was just, but, you know, we're going to talk a little college. <laughs> I
4: want to talk about Alabama. I yeah. mean, is this the, is this the not, I don't want to say the beginning of the end, but is this team going to be vulnerable, do you think, for the remainder of the season? Or are they going to be, and again, Texas is an elite team this year, obviously, but do you think they're going to get things figured out and they can improve, especially in the, in the passing game?
8: No, look. I think they've got a quarterback problem. Um, the the Milro kid is 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 young. He's raw. Um, if it's if it's throwing the big ball over the top, or or if it's making a big arm throw at some point in the game, he's going to really impress you. But in terms of of going out there and just staying out of negative plays, um, you know, again that that consistently making the right decision, getting the ball out on time, playing a clean brand, of quarterback. He just that's what Alabama, That's all Alabama needs, to, needs from a quarterback is a guy to be. Now They've had some great ones, but really all they need is a guy that just plays clean and processes at a high level. And Jalen Milroe's not that guy right now. He may be one day, but he's not that guy right now. So I, I, I think Alabama, Alabama, look, they're going to be Alabama. They're going to win a lot, of, a, a lot of football games. But I, I think Alabama's in trouble.
5: Did you stay up late and watch the Auburn-Cal game?
8: I did not. I did not. I, mean, I, I had had me I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of my Saturday through the Texas game, and then I had to shut it down.
5: Well, we'll skip that game because it was ugly anyway. Auburn's offense didn't look good at all. Go to the Cowboys. I, I guess you were a little surprised with how well they played, but that defense was and is legit.
8: Yeah, look. There's no doubt the, the defense is legit, and, and they looked every bit of it yesterday. Now, you, you wonder because I'm gonna tell you, man. The Giants, the Giants have some some first round picks on that offensive line, and, and you would think that Evan Neal and the big boy out of Georgia, the other tackle, you think those guys would be better up front. So is it is it New York just are they that bad, or are the Cowboys that dang good? I, I know it was a hell of a it was a hell of a coming-out party for Dallas. That's, that's, that's for damn sure.
4: All right, Clint, we got to run. We'll talk more about the uh, matchup this week with BYU on Friday. And uh, I think the line is 10 right now. Eee. Uh But we'll, we'll discuss it on uh, on Friday and get your thoughts. So thanks for the time, my friend. Appreciate Motorsports Authority, MSAstore.com, for the segment. And we'll do it again coming up in a few days.
8: All right, boys. Y'all have a good one. Go off. All right.
4: Take that on. is Clint Sterner. And um, hey, listen, no sugarcoat from Clint. There's reason for concern, and this is the guy who knows the game, and he's obviously concerned. Savage, what's up, buddy?
8: What's up, fellas? Real quick, Wes, why, do you, why are we not seeing Satania on offense? I'll get off there. Appreciate it.
5: Yeah, I don't know. What was it? 10 plays? 11 plays? Satania was in on offense, and, and coaches praising him and how explosive he is as a punt returner and a kick returner. Well, if he's that dang explosive, get him on the field as a wide receiver. Throw him a little wide receiver screen. Or, you know, yeah. I, I, send him to deep down the field. Whatever. Get him on the field. That That's surprising to me. That's disappointing, yeah. honestly. Well, he's an explosive
4: playmaker, right? I mean, At least we think so. you got to get your playmakers on the field, well, right? right? You saw the you Cowboys.
5: Yeah. I mean, how many times did you see, you know, the Cowboys? They're putting their... None.
4: I didn't watch it because I turned it on and they were already up by like three touchdowns, so I quit watching. You missed the show. Yeah.
6: I turned it off after oh. they went up like sixteen nothing. I was like, "This is over. There's no chance." Here's the deal: Satania is not missed,
4: maybe your most dynamic guy, but he's one of your top three. Yes, you got to get him on the field. And he's all he does is praise him in the kick return game. Pretty sure he can do a, be a game breaker in, in the offense too. Yeah, I don't care if you're running wide receiver. You know, like speed sweeps, throw it to him in the flat, let him make it. You know, in space, let him make some something happen. I don't. I'm with you. Uh, 10.49, we've got to hit a break. Uh, this segment brought to you in part by our friends over at Guadney Chevrolet. Just talked to James. Uh, he has uh, sold a Traverse hot vehicle, baby. So it's the one I'm in, unfortunately. So uh, I'm going to have to leave, guys. <laughs> See you later. Anyway. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but he did sell it. Anyway, so it's good things. Good things happening over there. I'm excited for them. They're, uh, they're rolling right now. And people heard all the deal. I mean, look, they're still doing 9,000 off Silverados. And you don't have to pay for your car right now. You can wait until... 2024 to make the payment on your vehicle also rates start at 1.9 percent used cars payments starting at 199 a month it seems too good to be true and it seems like what year is this is this 2023 mm-hmm. yeah you can it still, get, is. still get $199 payment a month it's crazy sales tax paid on all used cars under 10 grand too so again so many reasons to go buy Guadagno Chevrolet new used pre-owned financing options rebates so many ways to save and uh, obviously they'll take care of you on your trade as well Check out all their vehicle options online at WaddingChevrolet.com. We're back with a special, it's not really an announcement, but it's sharing of news of a special announcement coming up in a second. We'll stay with us.
7: This is a public service announcement for hard seltzer lovers. Neutral Vodka Seltzer has arrived. Made with simple ingredients like vodka, seltzer, and real juice. Neutral tastes good. Like, real good. So good that you'll never want to drink another artificial-tasting seltzer again. Neutral's light and refreshing taste will show you what a vodka seltzer can be. Try Neutral, the one with the umlaut. Copyright 2023 Neutral, Distilled Spirit Specialty, Los Angeles, California. Enjoy responsibly.
2: What's good, y'all? Clint Sterner here for Low T Center. Fellas, when it comes to your health, every man should know his testosterone number. What's that mean? It's simple. You need to schedule an appointment at Low T Center immediately. It's quick. It's easy. Hell, it's only $25. Walk in, take a simple blood test, get the results in about 25 minutes. So if you've been feeling tired and grumpy, sensing a lack of motivation and drive, dealing with high cholesterol, noticing stubborn weight gain, and or loss of muscle mass, it's on you, fellas. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Center, reinventing men's health care.
10: This is the pigskin preacher bringing you the word. The Netflix series Painkiller is a brutal, accurate look at the development, marketing, and devastation wrought by OxyContin, the Sackler family cash cow that has already killed over 300,000 people. If you're wondering how the FDA could sign off on inflicting synthetic heroin on the American public, this six-part series explains it all. Plot spoiler. It was about what it's always about. M-O-N-E-Y. A sorry reason to ruin so many lives. Double B's is in the business of supporting the lives of Kansans and Arkansas communities, Our 34 locations around the state are here for you. Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Double B's.
6: Power, drive, and size. It's found in college sports and in the all-new 2023 Cadillac Escalade. I'm Rachel Parker-Harding for Parker Cadillac and the most powerful full-size SUV in the industry, the 2023 Cadillac Escalade. With a 6.2-liter supercharged V8 engine and available Super Cruise technology. Level up to more cargo space with the extended wheelbase Escalade ESV. Shop now at parker-cadillac.com.
0: Welcome back to the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio, home of the zone on the Buzz Radio Network. Listen to your favorite radio station on the Buzz app or online at 1037TheBuzz.com. Got my head out this Welcome back,
2: 1053
0: in the zone. Wrapping up our first hour here at the Little Rock
4: Touchdown Club. It's presented by Arkansas Urology. A couple of special guests here because we just had a special announcement. And the uh, two really, I guess, iconic brands in the state of Arkansas are pairing up. Molly Harrell's with us, along with Wayne Smith, the general manager at Oaklawn. Welcome. Good to see you both. How are you?
7: Doing good. Great.
4: Thank you. Thanks for having exciting us. Exciting day for us. Okay. So you guys are going to be working together moving forward. And also there's an announcement about where we're going to be hosting the Bro's Award. So... Who wants to spill the beans Molly give sure, it to us.
7: Yes, Oaklawn is the new presenting sponsor of the World's Award. We could not be more excited about it. Like you said, it's bringing together two of Arkansas's most respected and iconic sports brands. Um, and so this year, we will be keeping the World's Award in Little Rock, Tuesday, December 5th at 11:30 at the State House, and then following the 2024 season, we will be bringing college football's top assistant coaches to Hot Springs. That's right. Now,
4: we're very very excited about that too. D- David and I were talking about the schedule because of the playoff and it that's being right. expanded so there is going to be a movement i guess on the announcement is that right
1: yes yes uh, so more to come obviously as we as we get more uh, understanding of the 12 team playoff when the games are how that's all going to structure out but uh, the great thing about us we were able to be a little more flexible in in what we could offer in terms of any time so it could <laughs> be it could be the end of january it could be the beginning of february uh but uh we'll be flexible either way and we'll we'll move the award and and the cool thing is, is there might be an ability for it not to be a lunch, it may be a dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could tie it around racing because we're mm-hmm. racing during that time. Yep. so the more, and uh, there's so many things that we can offer for, for the coaches and their families right but we could also potentially, as David mentioned earlier, is that we could have past awardee award winners come yeah. to Oaklawn as well and be a part of the part of the programming Yeah. so you know the Kirby Smarts of the world the Lincoln Rileys mm-hmm. of the world coming back and being kind of that support group around those new assistant coaches that are up for the award so.
4: well a lot of people are you know want to work with Oaklawn so why does it make sense for you guys why do you want to be a part of what's going on with the Broyles award
1: well one we just believe that the brand uh, the Broyles brand deserves um, uh, Oakland and Oaklawn deserves the Broyles brand I think that we because of the two together I think we could actually go on to bigger and greater things um, over the next, uh, hopefully, the next 28 years. That's you know? right. So. Mm-hmm.
7: Wayne came to the Burles Awards this last year and got in touch with us afterwards, and mm-hmm. we kind of got the ball rolling, and I, he invited Mom and I down. We hadn't been since the remodel, and I've been joking that he bribed us with a spa day at that wonderful <laughs> spa. <laughs> Who knew that's all it would take? Yeah. <laughs> Just a little pampering.
4: Well, I mean, as far as what you were looking for in our presenting sponsor, Oakland offers a unique, obviously, not only do they offer you know the financial part of it, but also the experience Part of it. I mean, it really is a unique opportunity.
7: It is. It is. You know, right now wh- the current way the Royals were to set up is it's in the middle of the Hall of Fame week, and so being able to shift the schedule with the playoffs and have a destination like Oakland allows us to bring back some of our former winners, their supportive coaches, our selection committee. We have a great selection committee, um, so it's it's really turning it into a destination and not right. just a luncheon.
4: Is the selection committee trying to get an invite down there too, though? I assume.
7: Yeah, they will be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, good. Yeah. And,
4: and
1: I would also offer that w- we have hot springs. Okay. Right. right. So we have so much to offer now in Hot Springs that the that the families have so many things that they could do in and around because the high school coaches come right. in come in as well. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much more to do with us at Oaklawn and then Hot Springs racing, our event center, just everything. Our spa, Asheville Spa. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that just ties in very very nicely to a brand that is so iconic in this. In, in college football yeah. that um, that now um, just it just helps helps everybody. Right,
4: mm-hmm. no doubt. Well, listen, I think it's a, p- a perfect uh, connection. I think it's awesome and we'll look forward to doing it down there and yes. instead of up here. But uh, for this year, it stays here and then we'll move down there next year. So That's right. congratulations
5: to
7: Thank both you. of you. Yeah, Thank you awesome. for having us. Yeah, yeah,
1: this is very cool. How many days are racing? Wayne,
5: how many? Uh, are we counting down?
1: Uh, uh, well, December 8th. December 8th well, so let's do the math on that yeah it's less than, less than two months before horses are, are, are in the barn area in right that way, wow. that way. Wow. Yeah. roughly about 90 days yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: roughly well mm-hmm. while well, yeah, you got to have it, it there. you got to make more of a habit of getting down there generally I
7: know, I know. It's, I, well, I'm thrilled about that and I haven't been to a race since 2017
4: oh you're way overdue yeah way yeah. overdue let's go mm-hmm. it'll yeah. be fun yeah it's awesome well good well congratulations to both of you thank you thank very much thanks so much guys you bet alright we're going to hit a break here top of the hour coming up Tony Dorsett on the other side again thanks to Arkansas Urology we'll visit with him And uh, we've got much more ahead. So stay tuned. You're in the zone. Live from the Marriott Hotel, if you're looking for the touchdown club today. We keep moving on you. Don't be afraid. We're here. Justin Aker reminding you that Pro Painters is here to help you as we transition from summer into fall. And if you're thinking about doing something to the outside of your home, maybe it's long overdue. Pro Painters is here to help. Have them come over, give you an estimate, and they can help walk you through the process of what it'll take to get it done. They can help you out with the color selection and everything else you need to get the job done right. Each Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate.